Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. It's 2022, and in this new year, there's a new way to help support the podcast and keep the show going. Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps. They're leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The fun has only just begun as seven more queens enter the workroom for the second part of the season 14 premiere. But just like last week, it's the same formula, only straighter. It's time to talk all things Drag Race season 14. And joining me is a queen who could probably slay every single one of those dancers in a talent show. It's Anita D. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are we doing? Happy I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think it's perfect that you are here for basically the dance episode. I know that's that is <laughs> that's quite ironic, and um, I'm glad I'm here for that because you know I'm ready to count a five, six, seven, eight real mm-hmm. quick. La- last week we had the quirky queens. This week we got the dancing queens. It's almost yeah. like World of Wonder knew what they were doing. Yeah, they're surprised. I mean, they've had 14 seasons to get it together. So <laughs> right, all right. Well, I have to give the disclaimer since it is the beginning of the season. Just put it out there. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people, but that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they also have put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss the reality television show. Word. Just put it out there and don't get mad at us. We're just we're just fans. Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, before exactly. Well, before we dive into season fourteen, we have some major drag news of the week. Oh, what is it? <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the World has officially announced its cast. Nine queens from around the world. Who are you most excited for? Uh, you know what? It's crazy. I honestly, I'm just literally like my favorite of all, obviously, is this my girl Juju. I've literally loved Juju since like she first came out. So I'm hoping she gets her shit together. Also, she's been on like every franchise of Drag Race. And I'm yeah, like, I'm has. here for it. So I'm like, I'm like, girl, if you don't win this shit this time, just, just stop. <laughs> the, the, the meme of her as Thanos with, um, the the uh all the franchises it's it's, oh, it's okay. true it's true it's so she's true, them all. i mean but you know what that that does show to, that does go to show that like when you get on the show if you are someone that's lovable by the audience and <clears throat> and rue mm-hmm. you really can go far in the business not just in your season but like just with the franchise I, itself i agree i i, I, I have made the joke that the the only reason why she was on Queen of the Universe is because she won UK versus the world, and that was the actual only prize she got. 
<laughs> Shame. Yeah. Uh, okay, that performance, you. that performance, not great, not great. Um, they were like, they were like, you don't get no money. Your winnings is you get to be on the next season. Exactly. <laughs> More stress. Well, I'm excited for it. Of course, we'll be covering it on the podcast. Uh, I'm going. We're already starting to get a group of fun people to talk, come talk about it. Um, everyone wants to talk about their cis lemon, so we'll. You'll have your moment. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But we're here for season 14. Two episodes in. How are you enjoying it so far? Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I did see, I felt a difference between the first premiere group of queens and the second one. Um, I was interested to see that there was only one New York City queen and a lot more like Midwest and LA queens. Yes. But I also, a part of me thinks that that was kind of strategically done. I think, um, the past few seasons have had a lot of New York City queens. So it's kind of been an expectation within like the community that that's going to happen. And I think producers are always trying to switch things up so that not only audience members, but also queens themselves are on their toes. Like just because you're from here doesn't mean you're going to like have a better chance to get on it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and I but think I think these girls... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think it really pushes all the New York queens who didn't get on last season on, on 14 to really push themselves for in their 15 audition tape. Yeah, I mean, one pattern that I saw, and I've like talked to this, like, a, I've like had this conversation with myself and friends, is that like of the past few seasons, it was a lot of like familial relationships of contestants that were getting on. Like, they were like their sister was on the previous sister season, or like their drag mom, or like, you know, like their drag aunt, or like their drag daughter were, was on before. And so I think kind of this season, they wanted to just like kind of mix it up, like, you know, press refresh on the page. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for so, it. So like your Instagram feed reloads and it's like a whole new set of like stories and stuff. They were like, exactly. we're going to have to refresh this. Um, and I think, it, I mean, I think it's good. I think it keeps the Queens on their toes. I think it also pushes everyone to be like, don't get comfortable, which they always say on the show. So mm -hmm. it just makes us like, regardless of who, you know, who, if you were related to someone on the season, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed. Like you should still be on your shit. Make sure your stuff is of quality. And so okay. I'm excited to see how this season plays out because um, it's too. refreshing to see this diverse cast. All right. Well, it is after the elimination. The girls return to the workroom and the room is heavy. Bosco calls Orion a giant sweetheart who had her heart broken on stage. June said that she was not going to be the first girl that goes home. The jambalaya is still brewing. The Zatarans and Uncle Ben's gods were on her side. June's going to start cleaning the mirror and Cornbread mocks her for cleaning for the first time as she hasn't made it home to do it for her. I love this wealthy black woman uh, motif we're getting here. We oh, never see that. That is so, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, this comes into like drag race along with like just societal norms and stereotypes and typecasting. You know, you get a lot of POC queens or I'll say black queens I've noticed that are either from the South and they always acknowledge being like country, but then it, they might be a pageant queen. So there's this elegance to it. And like with Jambalaya, she's like, no, bitch, like my name might be something of the South, but bitch, I'm going to give you full like regal. Yep. and she's so prim and proper and classy has so she much is. poise i you love it tell, oh my yeah you can tell she has a theatrical background because she does talk so eloquently and 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 to the point yeah yeah i love it i mean but she's also really witty i mean my favorite mm -hmm. line she said was like i can't be named jambalaya and i'm serving white rice and i <laughs> exactly i died literally died when she said that i was like you she's she's smart she's well, she's smart 
Speaking of food, Cornbread tells us she is one to watch. The other girls should not be messing with her. They gave the $5,000 to the right hoe. So how are they all feeling about meeting the other girls? Well, Bosco doesn't need to because there's a lot of strength in their cast. And Willow hopes that they're all ugly. They're so cute, those two. June doesn't want anyone to touch her stuff or it'll go from RuPaul's to Bad Girls Club. Now, why haven't we had that crossover yet? Of of RuPaul's Bad Girls Club? Yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, I think we've already seen how crazy people get outside of Drag Race that are Uh fans. And the the last thing that we need to do on this show is promote more violence. I mean, also previous seasons, let's be real, Candy about to mollywop Iman. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie, and I know this is bad. I was low-key like, oh, this is juicy, like, because they're so trying to be PC and so, like, family-friendly, uh-huh. and I get it. Like, build Could a you imagine the two of them living together in the same house? Girl, I would sit there with tea and popcorn, uh, diet-free popcorn. That's not even yep. real. And watch <laughs> them, okay? Because I know that'd be drama. But, yeah, I think, you know, I think they're not trying to promote any type of violence, so it's yeah. really trying to make this atmosphere of building the community. But I'm. let's be real, we're humans. We, we like a little drama. We like it's a little true. drama. It's true. Well, let's hit refresh and meet our next seven queens. First up, hello, this. It is gorgeous like Georges. Oh, it is Georges. It is the one and only gorgeous Georges. And I think I have a tiny little crush on her. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I um, Georges out of drag is really cute. Yes. Um, I love her pearly white teeth. I don't know if they're veneers or just really whitened, but go ahead, sis. I'm here for it. Um, but I I was thoroughly impressed with her her entrance look. I thought it was like really yeah. together. It wasn't chicken feathers. She said, no, bitch, this is ostrich. Mm-hmm. And I said, you would have come correct. Um, funny, though, I will say like during the whole uh, episode, she did change my opinion on her. And I know this might seem shady. But I, you know, once they announce the girls, you go on their Instagram, you look at like more of their stuff. Yeah. And I went on her Instagram and I'd also seen her do that runway like promo walk that they that she did. Um, I was a little underwhelmed, or I thought like in my head, like she's not gonna be a strong competitor for some reason. And I don't know yeah. if it was because she she literally is shorter <laughs> and she mm. looks so like less intimidating, or two, because like the outfit she wore was like no pads, mostly body. And I was like, oh, she might be that queen that just relies on her body because she's she has a nice figure. You know, she has a nice body. It does. It's cute, like feminine, you know. Um, maybe she might be that that girl that does that. Um, but then from the episode, I was like, okay, bitch, you better. Mm-hmm. Like, she changed my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, we all know I love a little pocket twink and, and she fits that bill. <laughs> um, but what I will say, like, alongside that, all of what you just said, watching her through the episode... She is very youthful, even just in her reactions. She is 21 years old. And it's kind yeah. of cute to see. Because she's it, like reacting yeah. as we would react. And we'll get mm-hmm. to the, her big reaction later. Um, but she describes her drag style as Tex-Mex Latina showgirl and is inspired by a Latina woman, including JLo and Selena. Uh, she says she might be small, but she packs a big punch. And she became the dancing queen in Texas when she started doing drag at 16 years old. Damn. I'm like, I don't know if I'd say that on a national, international TV girl. Cause right? like, I'm like, I'm like, who the hell hiring you? Uh Chuck E. Cheese hey, girl. Like, hey, we we gotta talk about Miss Jasmine Kennedy too, because we all knew her when she wasn't supposed to be in the clubs either. <laughs> I literally had to message her once and be like, change your age on Facebook. Right, right, girl. 
girl. I mean, unless unless these uh, venues are like eighteen plus, no drinking with the like Splash used to be back in the day. RIP. Right. If you were eighteen on Tuesday, you got a wristband, so you couldn't mm-hmm. drink. So I mean, I, she must have found the right venues that did that. <laughs> right. All right. Well, this look is by Alejandro Gomez, hair by Edward Scissorhands, a big fan of his work. Uh, but yeah, she is showing off. She is very cute. She can turn a look. Red is yeah. a very strong color, and it's very dominating color. And yet she still looks- gives you that youthfulness with the pigtails. Yeah, it looks great on her. I mean, I also love uh, Edward Scissorhands. I've gotten um, a few wigs from him, too. So I really love the quality of his oh, yeah. hair. Um, and I think that combo was really good. The red is great. I also like that it was just, like it's monochromatic. It's literally one just mm-hmm. red and just different texture. So I think she did a really good job. Because it could have been boring if it was just like the the corset itself with the top and bottom of it, but the sleeves with the feathers on the end, and then just having that ponytail ties in, it's really great. I think she did a really good job with the entrance look. It's strong, it's clean, um, and it shows that she cares about details. So I'm like, go ahead, girl. For me. Now let's see if she keeps that consistent during the season, or if she only wears the guitars with feathers. We'll find out. Well, I'm giving it a two. Are you giving it a two? Oh, I'm totally giving it to you. The audience mm-hmm. agrees. 98% to 2% boot. Yes. All right. Season 14. Let's get thickening. It is Deja Sky. And she's here to let you know it's time to embrace the curve. Uh, she is bold, colorful, and the pastel princess. She is a choreographer for cheer and dance. Not what I expected her to say. Oh, <laughs> especially when the rest of the episode goes on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to say something slightly controversial. Please, no one read me for it. Don't get mad at me. But there is something about her campiness and her voice and her mannerisms that reminds me of She Who Shall Not Be Named. You, oh, oh, you know what? I, you know what's so funny? Now that you say that, it's like power suggestion. When I was watching the, the episode, I looked at it and I was like, she looks, she looks so, like, I feel like someone, like, she reminds me of someone, and I could not put mm-hmm. my head on it. But, yeah, that does, yeah, honestly, RuPaul the combination was like, RuPaul was like, that person should have won my season, so we're going to find a less problematic version. Oh, she said we're going to find one that is not being a predator, um, yep. someone that has good morals and values, okay, mm-hmm. and they're shit together. Now, that, that is true. I mean, obviously, the makeup is different, but the aesthetic and kind of, like, the personality is similar. Yeah. And and the All same right. thing, like, like a, a, it's really, really close. I mean, the only thing that's different is the skin tone and the makeup. Yes. <laughs> All right. The hair is by Gigi. Um, she is looking like a straight up clown. The pink with white polka dots is a decision she made. The garment doesn't even look like it fits. It goes into this weird new new illusion that makes little sense. The neon yeah. hair, it's her brand. It's fine. I just cannot stand the dark lips. How can you call yourself a pastel princess with black lips? Wow. Well, she's, okay. She loves were, highlight also. She really loves highlights. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were, th- wow, okay. Excuse mm-hmm. me, Michael, you were a thorough with this one. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, the color scheme, the neon with the pink is not a bad combo if right. it's done correctly. We've seen a lot of outfits that have that same color combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do agree. I think that what she was going for, that nude illusion on the side of her arm, it looks, it makes the outfit look like, like the, um, like the fabric was just attached to it and not... Sorry, the fabric is just attached to it and not like completed. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. in a weird spot off of her shoulder. So it does look, look a little weird. Um, and then the 
yeah, it's not a great combo. I think it's mm-hmm. just too much at once. I agree. Um, and it's then, like, a the lift for me. Factor, yeah. And it's I'm going to need her to work on that highlight, like, a little bit. I mean, listen, highlight the under, but then, like, blend it so, like, at least the forehead is kind of similar. So it's not just, like, right under your eye we see white, and then you're, uh, the rest of your right. face is, like, a nice caramelized, like, tan color. You yeah, know what it, I mean? It's, it's, it's a choice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a boot for me. Not going to work. I, we'll see better. I'm yeah, I'm going to boot it. I'm a, the I'm audience a, was... A effort. A effort. Yeah. Audience, correct. 15% to 85% boot. Yeah, not yeah, a fan. yeah. Well, Deja and George just meet, and Deja reveals that she is from Fresno, which she calls the armpit. Deja is not Latina. She is black and white, and she has been confused for Latina before, but the community has taken her under her wing. Yeah, um, I'm cool. the same. Yeah, I'm literally, because yeah, I live in the Heights, but I'm also, I'm black and white, but every time people meet me, whether in and out of drag, they always assume that I'm like Dominican or Puerto Rican, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm Dominican by injection, <laughs> 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 not by um, uh, birth. <laughs> well, then you and Deja are going to get along great. You're going to relate to her this Young season, it. then. Mm-hmm. Swimmingly. Only you could do ba- makeup much better and dance. <laughs> ooh, ooh. You said it, not me. That's <laughs> true. All right. This gown is just the entry look. It is Jasmine Kennedy from New York City, the lone NYC queen of our 14. She says queens would say her drag is polished pageantry and she's a dancer. And that the, the facts, she's not wrong. Oh, no, no. True facts. She didn't lie any bit about it. Mm-mm. Hair by Madeline Hatter. Look by Mancy Mandel. Shoes stoned by Nasty Queen. Nails by Daniel Marandola. Come on, New York design team. Yeah, she uh, good job of representation. Also, Maddie, uh, Madeline Hatter doing the wig. It's so I love I love I have wigs from her as well. And I'm mm-hmm. always like when a per- when a person wears her wig, I know I'm like, that's Madeline. Absolutely. Because that bitch teases and styles, but she still makes it so that you can dance in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yep. I'm here for it. I think this look is true to her, though purple hair was a bit of a shock. Um, I would have loved to see her in a natural yeah. color, but we're gonna see that all the time. Uh, pink and gold on the garment is very dancer. It's it, and even the cut of the dress is gorgeous. The feathers are placed in a way it feels a bit aristocrats, but she still makes it work and looks fancy. And of course, those heels are going to sparkle. I mean, how many stones did uh, Nasty Queen have to put on there? I hope she got compensated. I'm pretty sure she did, or she will be. <laughs> uh, Jasmine starts making this money exactly. Y'all know how it goes with this. Um, you know, I'm so like. Listen, I don't care if she's a New York City girl. I'm I'm here for her. I'm happy she's on there. I'm yeah. happy. A fresh face. Not one that was expected, but like he's going to slay it. And I'm like here for that. I, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like so torn with this outfit. The thing is, I love I love the idea of the outfit, right? Like the the feathers I see of quality. It's stone for Jesus. The sleeve, I get that she was going for that one sleeve, one off sleeve. It's for some reason, I think the way the dress was made with the sleeve, because you can see the inside lining, that's what makes it look kind of arts and crafty because you can see where the feathers are like outside of it. And it's just like this hard line of just the pink fabric. So it takes away from that like regalness of the outfit. And then the purple is dramatic and she's a lighter skin, uh, lighter skin, wow. Lighter skin queen. So it just looks a little too like, boom, like, like i don't know like it looks too too um like hard and i feel like hard is the wrong word to say but like it's just too too dramatic of a color against 
the pink that she has on. You know what I mean? I agree. Absolutely. It's like, it's um, like what we said with Deja with the dark lip against like the neon and all that. It's like, that's so, it's so abstract that it doesn't fit in. Yeah. The they, they're not the same like, color family. Yeah. Like, and the thing, cause the pink she has, like the feathers are, are vibrant pink, but the pink of the fabric is like a, like a nice pastel pink that right. really goes well with her skin. And then she has gold appliques. So it really goes really good with her skin. But then you have this dramatic abstract purple in the hair. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, it's like a little hit and miss. Yeah. It's so, going to be a toot for me still. I'll still give it a toot, but we, I know she's going to do better because we've seen her do better. You, you know, I'm, uh, Ooh, do it. Do it. Hard. You're allowed no, to, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to toot it. And I'm tooting it because of the amount of rhinestones on those shoes and, <laughs> and uh, that outfit saved the girl. So the, mm-hmm. let you know, any new drag queens, when in doubt, stone that bitch out. That's true. <laughs> Audience, 71% toot, 29% boot. So Jasmine and Georges know each other from social media, also because they are literal infants, babies, 22 years old. Literal children there. Um, <laughs> Georges knows that Jasmine can dance the house down, so she feels she might be her biggest competition there. But Jasmine plans on sticking out with her dance skills and costumes, but also her personality, which I would not say was is her strong suit. She's very, she's she's interesting. I wouldn't say personality is her number one go to. I mean, for for uh, for Jasmine, I like it's funny because I haven't worked with her personally yet. I hope to one day. And I, but I follow her on Instagram and follow each other on social media. So I, I don't know her personality, you know, so I can't go off of that. I do know that sure. she comes from like a gymnastics background. So I think the one thing that will be her, her niche against George, like not again, well, compared to George's, who also is a dancer, is the fact that she has that acrobatic capability, yeah. which uh, we'll see later. Um, so I think that's something that will help separate her from George's. So they're not big, they, like they're both dancing queens, but they have their own mm-hmm. style. Yeah, I think for me, some of my fondest memories of Jasmine is when she was guesting with Pixie Aventura for um, Drag Swap. And li- you, you know Pixie, she loves when her um, guests and co-hosts talk. She, the, the girl just couldn't stop talking and mumbling. And Pixie literally had like stop her so many times. She's like, babe, you're, you're not making sense. And that's what I well, love about Jasmine. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, meet the, you know, when they did the Meet the Queens and she mm-hmm. had her little interview thing, you, you know how they edited her to see, like, she mm-hmm. was still going and going and going. I was it's like, true. oh, so she's one of those girls. She just loves yeah. talk. And I was like, mm, I can't wait for those untucked moments when they're like, girl, shut up. Or the confessionals <laughs> right? when the girls are like, shut up. You know, someone's going to say that. You know, oh, they are. Fully. All right. Get them. Get ready to pitch a tent, America. The Camp Queen is here. It's metamorphosis. She says she is Arkansas's most beautiful camp and comedy queen. She is stupid in a good way. To her knowledge, she is the first cisgender heterosexual man on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. All right. Look by Maddie. Uh, I can't even say it's Guy Fieri because this bitch is straight. Um, it's it's not Gay Fieri. It's, it's Guy Fieri. Um, I, I think it's campy and ugly and stupid and straight. Um, it's stoned quite well. Um, and the hair, it's very yeah. much queen realness. You know, her hair reminds me of, um, what was the other girl that came in with the same, and she had the same hair as India Ferreira. It was the, another um, girl that came The with, Phoenix. Yes, yes. That's, this hairstyle reminds me of the, both those two queens. Yep. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh girl, but what is whatever? And you know, there, there are like 10,000 other pixie cut short bob hairs that right. you could find in the world and you pick this almost literally the same style but just all blonde i'm like okay um i mean it's it's an underwhelming entrance look 
because it's it's just a dress with flames on it and then it's stoned and like the dress itself like i'm pretty sure you would find at a store and i mean it doesn't mean you can't make something store-bought really good but when it looks like it's something that anyone could get easily and wear then it doesn't become as unique or as interesting do you know what i mean just wait for the runway i can't wait to talk um, about it um okay <laughs> um okay. Yeah, no you're totally so, right yeah. you, you are you are completely right um i think this was probably one of those looks that was um, amended from wherever she purchased it. Um, if she calls herself crafty queen, she, she made herself look crafty and it's stoned well. Um, yeah. But when you put her next to like Georges, it's not going to work. It's not going to fly. No, no. I mean, and the other thing too, is like, I mean, realistically, that is drag. It is about being mm-hmm. nifty and crafty. I mean, a lot of New York City queens, we get our, I, I my, myself too, I get stuff made. I try to make stuff. I'm not really good at sewing yet. Um, or I buy stuff from like Pretty Girls, which is like the Dominican version of Rainbows. And it's already stoned and I'm like, this is cute. And then I accessorize it. So exactly. it, it is, you can, like I said, it doesn't have to always be like made from scratch, custom made. It's just like really like, Maybe if there were some other accessories that were added, maybe something on her wrist, on her, maybe a bracelet, maybe a waist, mm-hmm. like a belt that was like dramatic, or maybe if the heels were like thighs or something, you know, something to just give yeah. a little extra mm to it to not make it look so like plain necessarily, I think would have made this look more impressive. But then I think the other thing too, knowing that this is the cisgender, I mean, cisgender straight man coming in, you're like, um, Mm-hmm, of course like right which you're is like, why yeah, i'll give it I'll, I'll give it the two just for the reference because it's kind of a stupid funny reference but i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need better i'm gonna need stronger looks throughout the season uh i'm gonna give oh you mm, i'm gonna boot it sorry that's fine the audience right in the middle with us 52 percent to 48 boot yeah sorry uh man metamorphosis girl beach bye <laughs> no well when maddie joins the group she says she's from arkansas to which georgia says she has trade in arkansas and as maddie says her condolences so i guess trade in arkansas not that cute i mean it's arkansas girl you know midwest it'd be like it's either it's either a ranch hand or a cow like you got what one of <laughs> And the ranch well, Maddie- hands usually already wiped up and stuff. So exactly. Look. Well, Maddie tells us that she bets none of the queens have met a straight drag queen before. She doesn't want her sexuality to speak for her. She wants to make a first impression to be the content of her drag, which I appreciate. I'm here for it. Um, too bad no one else in the show is going to let her make that first impression be the first impression. But hey, come on, storyline, we need it. Wow. George's first impression of Maddie is she wants to see what else she's got. And and we'll see. We'll see. But next up, the name's Angeria, but you can call her Angie. Now let's make a shake, honey. She is the Southern Belle from the ATL. She is the most glamorous country bumpkin you'll ever meet. She looks like a star everywhere she goes. And Mm -hmm. you know what? I have, I'll say my things about her and being mean to her but i also appreciated her so much in this episode yeah yeah um no i i i'm I'm, she's one of my favorite i love her i remember we were talking about stereotypes too like Mm -hmm. with plc queens or like black queens being like especially if they're from the south or midwest being country bumpkin and then they're usually like sometimes they're a pageant queen so like 
it kind of uh, counterbalances that yeah. countryness, which which can be perceived as sloppy or messy or you know. Um, but she's, I mean, she's true to who she is. She knows it. She's Holy like, I'm country looking, but I'm classy. I'm a pageant queen, so I look good, but I'm still realistic. Uh, like I know where I come from, you know. I know, and she has that southern twang, and she has that like southern humor. But I, I enjoy her, and uh, like this look. It's well put together, you know, and the same thing too. It's not, it's, it's a, like a old housewives dress, you know what yeah. I mean? With some sleeves. But I think the pattern with the red pleated throughout the skirt, and then she's having a matching umbrella or parasol, if you must call mm-hmm. it, because she's from the South. <laughs> and it's just like those small attention to details. And the hair is a really good hair style to pick with it. Putting that all together gives it a nice cohesive look, but it makes it look polished. And it makes Absolutely. it look more elevated than just a simple housewife's dress. So the look is by Unique Creations, hair by Couture Chaos. I think it's playful. It's sophisticated. It is camp. She's got the black, white, and red. And I just couldn't help but get Minnie Mouse out of it, which is so <laughs> funny because that's yet another cartoon character reference. And she still looks like the characters from Ants. I'm sorry. She does. Mm-hmm. I can't get over it. I can't. Oh. That pain. But she knows it. She's aware of it. She calls herself a cartoon character. She's in on the yeah. joke. So we're allowed to go with it. But oh. I think the stones on the collar and the cuffs are stunning. She is a pageant girl for sure. The hair kind of is an interesting shape, but it, it works for her in, the, in this look. It's an incredible look. Good for her. It's a two. Yeah. It's a two for me. It's a two. The audience, 92% two, 8% boot. Um, she tells the girls that she is an old school pageant drag queen who will ballad you to death. And I was like, oh no, not ballads. Not a ballad, girl. Here we go. <laughs> and you know pageant queens love a good park and bark, but it's not oh, their fault do. because listen, when you go to pageants and you went and she's as she's mentioned she's won several like several crowns before. When you go and you do your step down or you finish, mm-hmm. you gotta do a ballad because you gotta stand there and collect all the money. That people exactly. want to give you for winning. So I get it. A, a pageant queen loves a good old park and bark. Good old park. Uh-huh. Take him, taking the dog for a walk. Oh, let uh-huh. me just do never that. Or I'm here. <laughs> exactly. She's getting good energy from the girls, but they are looking at her like this bitch did not come here to play. Well, next up is Lady Camden. Hello, you sexy bitches. She is America's Little Spice Girl. She's originally from Camden Town in North London, but now lives in Sacramento. She lives in a 90s pop princess fantasy in drag. There is something that's a little tacky, but just tacky enough. Uh, This look and hair is by Lady Camden. I, too, would like to know if the bra is edible. Real question. But Honestly, yeah, I was like, mm mm-hmm. It is fun bubblegum pop come to life. The colors are colorful and cute. I love the playfulness of the hair, crimped for her pleasure. The silver boots are there, and she's got a nice little body on herself. Yeah, she has. Yeah, she's. I mean, I would like to smack her with a few lucky burgers from here, one or two. You know, get a little look. It's winter yeah. time, girl. It's cold. Like, put some meat on them bones. But she does. I mean, you know, it's knowing she's from the UK and knowing like the way she talks about her drag. I think she did a really good job of showing who she is just from the entrance look. I think it's very cohesive. The color scheme is great. The cut is great. It does show her body. It shows she's sporty and she's like there to have a good time. Um, And that she, like there is camp, there's humor, but there is still like a put togetherness. She's like someone I'm like, oh, I think you're going to be fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm going to enjoy her. Absolutely. I'm going to give this a toot. I liked it. Oh, okay. The audience, not as in love with it. 
62% shoot, 38% boot. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. They said, you know why half of them were jaws of our midsection? Yeah. They said, fuck you, you snatch, bitch. Yep. All right. Lady Camden tells us she knows Deja from back home as they perform together. She is surprised to see her there as there's not a lot of North California drag representation on the show, which is true. She yeah, tells the girls. Yeah, always. Um, but she tells the girls that she is the sixth member of the Spice Girls, to which Maddie brings out the straightest reference ever, calling her Old Spice. Oh, <laughs> yes, Old Spice. She better. That should be clue number one that he, she was straight because what gay man wears Old Spice? You know, I'm not going to. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm. I. You wear Old Spice? Did I just call you out? Oh, my God. I like Old Spice for deodorant. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fine. <laughs> it's girl, I, I, I dance. I be sweating, bitch. I don't. That's I, fair. I mean, I don't really. I don't put it on like to be like right before my gig because then I'm like, okay, I'm over here smelling like an elegant woman. I'm smelling like a sailor. But um, <laughs> I'm not in drag. I like it. I be sweating. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, meanwhile, I'm over here wearing Axe. So what's the difference? <laughs> oh, see, bitch, you can't come for me. Old Spice <laughs> is the expensive version of Axe, okay? <laughs> exactly. Well, Andrea says that she is country spice. Uh, what spice are you? Um, whole spice. <laughs> uh-huh. That checks out. That checks out. Now, Lady uh, Camden and Nigeria are about to make things a little uncomfortable for the rest of the table as they discuss that they're just going to get a room and talk to each other all day. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that when they meet each other. I was like, ooh. I mean, you know, I'm here for I'm here for love. Yeah. I don't I, I didn't picture them two being together. Oh. But I mean, I also thought it was it was their their humor is funny. I like their answer with each other. You better be ready. It is Diabetty, and she is our mid-Missouri grunge punk rock princess. She is inspired by the 80s grunge movement. She's a rock star and the rock star's girlfriend shoved together. This look is by Zero Waste Daniel. Uh, I like the black and yellow motif. It's very punk rock. The hair is a rock mullet, clearly paying homage to her sis, Crystal, but more on that later. Um, This is what I expected from her, but it's not mind-blowing, but I think it's a great start. I mean, it's it's it makes a statement like you like you're like okay, it's a it's yellow and black, it's bright as hell, it's in your face. The haircut does match the outfit. I just don't know if I like the like high collar with the ruffles. I don't know. Like I kind of feel like to make it a little bit more edgier, like if it was like an off the shoulder and then like a like a pointed like shoulder pad on the other side, so it looks like All right, I can see that. I like maybe that would make it a little bit more edgy because like when you look at a that looks like a party rock mullet. I'm like, okay, I want that edgy. And maybe some like hooker boots and make the, the dress a little shorter. Then I'm like, oh, she's a hoe that could ride a Harley. Let's go. That's fair. She's also just a very tall human. So getting she, the right she, cut she, is very difficult. That is very true. She is quite large in um, I will height. I will give her a toot. I, I kind of liked it. I mean, I think it's cohesive, so I will toot it. I just wish it was a little edgier. <clears throat> the audience, 76% toot, 24% boot. Daya goes over and clocks Maddie, her Midwest sister. They have hung out a few times. She tells us that there is a lot that Maddie has to show us. A lot. And I was like, what are you referring to? Because I don't think you're referring what to about, being straight. I- Oh, I went well when she said a lot to show us. I literally thought about penis, but then again, my name so is did I. so did I. And I was like, so I'm like, wait, 
they like slept together, but this is the straight ooh, bitch. Listen, well, <laughs> Daya notes that her boyfriend is obsessed with Georges and she might be his favorite drag queen. Also, Daya's boyfriend's really cute. It's not fair. I haven't seen her boyfriend, so I, I like went on her page, just followed them. <laughs> Once they premiered the girls, I was like, follow, 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 so I can just keep track of their looks in case I miss the episode. There you go. Um, can we discuss the height difference between Daya and Georges? Oh, my God. It's like the Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka and like I don't like Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, very funny. But Angie the spy is feeling like Daya's given somebody else, but she can't figure out who. So Jasmine asks if she's related to someone, and they'll the cat's out of the bag. Daya reveals that her drag sister, not mother, because it ages her, is Crystal Method. Um did you notice that they play DeBarge's Rhythm of the Night when they mention Crystal Method? I Oh, my God. You know what? I was like, this song sounds familiar. And I was like, wait, why do I know? I, like, I've heard this. I mean, I've seen you the song, but I was like, why have I? I was like, oh, see, uh-huh, no. Uh-huh. The, the, show clearly, you, the show clearly paid for a lot of money for those royalties for that song. They're like, we're going to play it all the time. Yes. I mean, they know what they're doing. You know, people, mm-hmm. I mean, whether you want, I mean, it's a it's a reality show. It's edited. Obviously, they yep. get there. They see all the filming first, and then they put it together for the episode. So clearly, they had time to think about it and be like, ooh. And I know one of them hosts was like, we have to put this song in, especially because she just mentioned Crystal Method. Mm-hmm. So let's put it in. I wonder if Crystal, though, since she's been deemed, like, that has been, like, her song that everyone knows her by now, if she gets any royalty. I doubt it. But I, yeah, if I was Crystal, I'd, I'd try to find a way. Of course not. Well, the alarm sounds. It's Group 2's first Rue mail of the season. Rue arrives and thanks them for being the strong queens that they are today as they are competing in the biggest, baddest drag competition in the world. Rue's going to drop the bomb that they met seven other competitors last week, and one of them has already sashayed away. The faces of panic. But more panic ensues as she tells them that another one of them will sashay away as well. And to start off their season, they are going to do a photo shoot. Are you a fan of the photo shoot challenges? Um, I am. I think it's always, I think it's a fun way to kind of like break the ice too. And like, and then mm-hmm. also kind of see like what the queens do in stressful situations. Yeah. Because sometimes, because they all come in their looks not, I mean, now that we know how this show goes and like, you know, you never know what to expect, but some of them come in like outfits that are very accessible, like they can yep. move it. And some of them come in outfits that I was like, bitch. And like the previous episode when they were spinning with it, I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> well, I mean, we all read June's entrance look, but she said she changed it because she thought she might have to lip sync episode one in that look. So she's like, I'm going to be comfortable, Spice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, so it's true. So it's, it, I like the photo shoot challenges. I always think they're fun. And it's fun to see, like, I mean, it also gives you your, your kind of like your first instinctual impression of, like, how the queens handle stressful situations yeah. or, like, change quickly to kind of get an idea of who can adapt to a, a different situation. Exactly. Well, Deja Sky arrives on set, says hello to Albert Sanchez. We still don't know who the hell he is, but that's okay. Rue yeah. tells her that the goal is to make it all the way through to the Tic Tac lunch. So for the mini challenge, she has to pose with a bowl of Tic Tacs. Well, it's starting okay. Deja is having fun, but Rue wants an acting Emmy award now. So she's going to go over and says it's off. She picks up the bowl of Tic Tacs and tosses them against the wall because it's not an abundance of Tic Tacs. 
Then the wall is removed and there's a giant bowl of Tic Tacs with the pit room. Do we think she did that gimmick with every single queen? I I think so. Well, I don't know because they don't, I mean, they don't also, that's too much time. It wastes too much time. So maybe right. they just did it with her and then they have the rest of the queens coming out just to get someone to have a, a reaction so Deja could have a reaction to it. Yeah. But I'm like, would she redo that? Oh, that's too much work. But then again, she yeah. has the manpower on the knee to right? have someone clean up a Tic Tac, put them in the bowl and then throw it again. <laughs> there is some 21-year-old living their dream working on Drag Race who their only job is to clean up every single Tic Tac. Tic Tac. And they are thoroughly happy about it. Mm -hmm. And they're probably selling them on eBay right now. <laughs> so Deja's going to go in the bowl. And I thought this was very unsanitary. And also, I don't know how I would do in this situation because it's just tic tacs are weird. I felt this. Well, the first thing I said in my head when I saw that big ass bowl is like, I was like, bitch, that is so many tic tacs that could have been freshening someone else's breath. That is the way. <laughs> right. And secondly, I hope none of them try to eat any of that because that is absolutely going to be disgusting by the time yep. the first queen gets out of it. Yep. Well, Deja's going to roll around like rotisserie chicken and very camp. Next up, we have Angeria who gets in and her look is turned into a bathing suit. That dress yeah. her, 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 takes off. Well, she's smart. What I told you about being like prepared and like just like mm -hmm. if she had that, if she still had that skirt on, it would have probably going to be really hard for her to like maneuver but she yeah. i told you she's the prepared queen that's why i'm excited to see her i really like her she's smart she's and that's giving pageant. you booty she's giving you comedy she's got a real great personality as she was doing this mm -hmm. um next up looking good and feeling gorgeous rue asks her to respond to questions with her face and body only her answer to her favorite britney song is oops yeah. her answer to how the pit crew makes her feel between me down there well she confirmed that she is a bottom Oh, at, in the perfect arched doggy style position. I he and I are going to be a perfect match. Ah, your pocket twink. My pocket twink. Jasmine is up next and she flings the hair like she just don't care. She also is going to be asked to answer with poses. Not as fun as George's was, but she did give some great face. She, she did. It just her like certain angles with the shadows, it like made her face look rigid. I was like, ugh. Yeah. But it was, I mean, that that, that is a challenge. Like, being photographed from above you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maddie Morphosis is up and she is dumping those Tic Tacs on her like it is Gatorade after a big Super Bowl win. Uh-huh. And she just I'm just gonna make straight references every time Maddie comes on the screen. It's gonna it's gonna happen. Because of territory. Being the first. In the oddest moment of this whole entire episode, Maddie finds a hat and it's Santino's hat. I thought we canceled him. Yeah, me too. I also, like, like this was just, like, there was no, in my head, I was like, there was no purpose of None. having that scene. But, you know, again, Emmy-winning show, made, they want to make sure they have some good TV. But in my head, I was like, you, it literally was just so irrelevant. Like, yeah. Diabetti is so tall that she barely fit in the bowl. Like, literally was edge to edge. Um. She was very fun and playful with Rue, and she says that she thought she looked like a newborn horse. I I really loved uh, Daya's uh, Daya's uh, humor and yeah. her like personality. She's really she's warm. She's welcoming. Yeah, Lady Camden is just eating those Tic Tacs and she is choking on them, but bringing that British camp, especially when she dumps out the Tic Tacs from her bra. 
I honestly, when she went on, I was like, I hope she was like maybe second in line. Even like, you know how they have that order that they showed it. It doesn't mean that yeah, they necessarily exactly in that order. So I'm like, I really swear. I was like, I swear to God, I hope she was second because if she had them in her mouth after five other queens, six other queens went before. Ooh, girl, go go to city and go to city MD, girl. <laughs> yep. You might want to get some antibiotics, bitch, because you're gonna catch the clap in that throat, girl. Because that mm, mm, mm. it's no. true. Well, the winner of the photo shoot is Angeria Paris Van Michael. She wins twenty five hundred dollars courtesy of JJ Malibu. Oh yeah, they they getting some money, girl. I'm like they, shit. I need to get this damn show, right? <laughs> Rue is going to reveal that they will also be in the Charisma, Nerve, and Talent show where all that is missing is you. Come on, cunt. That. <laughs> We all love a good cunt, okay? Love Queen. <laughs> now, what would your talent be? I mean, obviously, we know what your talent would be, but what would you do? What what kind of secrets do you want to hold on to? But what, what can you tell us what you would do? So, okay, I don't want to say it because if and when I get on this show, I don't want to say it and then people right. hear it and they're like, oh, we heard about this going to happen. <laughs> However, I do, uh-huh, um, I mean, people know I Vogue and like I do that in my dance. It would be a dance number. But there would be parts where I'd include a different form of dancing that I come from in my background, like my background of just like entertainment and stuff that I would incorporate that no one has done yet on the show. So I am excited. I hope no one does it until I get on the show, because I think it when I think I know it would separate me uh, in terms of having a unique talent, because it's like lip syncing can be very like, okay, everyone does it. But I think it would really set me apart. And also I would be able to incorporate something that is a part of my youth before I was doing drag that I really enjoyed doing into my drag. I'm here for it. I'm excited. It's going to happen one day. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's gonna happen. Also, I didn't want to say anything too because I don't want no other bitch to take my idea and do it because I will cut them. Yep, that will happen too. Facts I will facts. go right on. I will make a Twitter and be like, how dare you post our <laughs> podcast and be like, I just said this before. There this. it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time to de-drag and see what is underneath. Who will be the trade of the season? Jasmine says it's going to be Georges. Little do they know, Alyssa Hunter is there. And Oh, oh Alyssa. Alyssa oh, when I tell you, she got on a drag and I was like, I am so wet. Mm-hmm. And I fit like biologically cannot get wet in my booty hole, but my booty hole was wet. Yeah, um, I, I will say Georges is the crush of the season. Alyssa is the trade of the season. No, hands down, no competition. You know what I, I got to say, though? I think also Daya, to me, I find Daya Betty out of drag cute. I do, too. Um, I really enjoy uh, his, I'm going to say because he's out of drag. I don't know yeah. the pronoun. But I'm going to say uh, out of drag, his like smile really captivates me. Mm. Georges is cute. He's like a crush, but he looks too young for me. Like, I'm not, I want a man that I can bring to the club, not to Chuck E. Cheese. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and meanwhile, everyone's making jokes as they listen to this podcast about me and my love for young twinks. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, at least I am self-aware. Oh, I had my bar mitzvah when this bitch was born. I had a bar mitzvah when she was born. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> well, Daya says that Angeria is way cuter and quirkier than she pictured her. Also... What is that tattoo on her stomach that Miss Angeria has? We're going to have to investigate. Someone's going to find out for us. I'm going to Google it. Watch it be some satanic cult shit that like she got right before. It looks like some, it kind of looks like leopard. I was like, what is that? 
She got some time with French shit so that she can like win this season. <laughs> exactly. Georgia says that Deja looks like one of her tios, Shade. Meanwhile, Deja says she looks like Uncle Festered. So Shade she, there. She, I mean, we're being realistic with ourselves. She knows. Mm-hmm. Now, Maddie is kind of looking like a farmer with a hat that is pink and has a narwhal on it. She is trying to fit in, but also remind us that she is straight. Um, I have to believe the producers told her exactly how to play this so she gets airtime. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it is a produced reality show. Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, given that he was trying to like hide sexuality and all that stuff first, it was like, yeah. but he's just like, but you know, like the entrance look, like I said, it was like underwhelming. So I wasn't surprised to see him get out of his drag and be underwhelming. Right. Yeah. I mean, no tea, no shade, but like when you're a straight person too, like, I mean, straight people can have personality, but I think, I feel like as a queer person, when you, when you uh, come out too and become comfortable who you are, you kind of like overcompensate by having a personality yeah. You know what I mean? To either be loved and liked by people or a sense of humor. And then when you become like, when you come out, you're able to express different avenues. So then your, your personality and your, your essence kind of evolves. And so that's why a lot of queer people are so much more artistic or more um, eccentric than straight people, because we've had all these kind of different like life journeys that kind of exactly. make us evolve. So that's right. I said, we are the evolved species. Thank you. All the tea there. All right. Well, the discussion is going to turn into gold star gays. Um, Camden is a gold star gay. That means she has never done it with a lady. Angeria can be a gold star gay because there was a time she wasn't all that gay. Right. Daya then tries to subtly call out Maddie as not being a gold star gay. Um, Shady. I was like, Daya, you know what you're doing right now. That's mean. He did, but you know what? But I think, but she did it like it still went over everyone's head because, like, yes, I mean, already because she's messed with a woman. It's not, it's not like surprising to hear gay or a person that's queer having messed with like the opposite sex before, whatever. So, but she, I think she, more for me when I got it, when she said it was that like she was letting Maddie know, like, bitch, yeah. I know you straight because we know each mm-hmm. other, and I'm waiting for Maddie's you to tell face. these souls. Maddie's and I'm waiting for you to like, tell these hoes you straight. So, like, she mm-hmm. said it without having to say it and without outing him, in a sense. And exactly. I was here for her. I was like, ooh, you, ooh, you positive. She, she, she was giving him an opportunity that she mm-hmm. didn't want. Well, Ruth, she was like, you got one more, one more episode to, to uh, not say something before I say something. Exactly. Rue walks in to collect the rent from the queens who have already moved in. Angeria is up first, and Rue says her name is Bougie, even though Angie ain't bougie at all. We're going to learn that the name came from a girl she went to college with and decided she wanted her name. Her name was really Angira, but in the South, when you want a name to sound more special, you add an I before an A. She did. I was like, um, okay, if that's the logic. I'm not from the South, so I don't know. <laughs> Angira's talent will be an original track. Rue's ears will not, in fact, bleed. Angeria grew up in the church, and she sung in the choir, so that's where her talent is going to stem from. Next up, we have Diabetti coming over. And Rue asks her how she got the name. And Daya reveals that she is a type 1 diabetic. I think this is special because we shouldn't be ashamed of diabetes and the stigma around it. Um, because it's it's not really discussed this way. Because most of the time, you're like, diabetes, that's for fat people. Diabetti is not a fat person. Yeah. 
So I think this is a cool moment, and unfortunately, we lost her in episode one or two. So I know we'll, we'll hear more about it one day. Mm-hmm. She says that this affects her daily life as if she does crazy activities, she just has to check her blood sugar more. If it's too low, she will do an unwanted death drop. Well, at least she can make fun of it. Can Let's I tell something real quick yeah, before, you, before you get in it? And, um, so whoever hears this podcast, you know I'm really surprised about that this this show still continues to call a dip a death drop. Like, I get when you're joking about it, like, oh, like, now I'll really do a death drop, like, because you're, like, you're going to fall and not come up. But, like, even when Ruth says it sometimes or they talk about it, I'm like, why do y'all keep calling it a death drop and you're supposed to represent the queer community and not call it a dip? It, like, it still boggles my mind when the, when the staff, I wouldn't say the queen, well, even the queens, everyone should be held accountable. That small little co- part of culture that has been appropriated by the heterosexual culture by renaming something that has already been named and they're still doing it on the show. And I'm like, oh God. Or no one's explained like yet. Like it's not right. a death job. It's, you know. It, it's I mean, it's one sorry. of those things little... where, no, you're absolutely right. Because it's one of those things where it's gotten to this mainstream level and you're now like, well, we can't change it because then the straights are going to be confused. Um, yeah. And I'm like, no, you can. And start educating them like you're doing with the rest of the show. Absolutely. There it is. RuPaul, you better be listening. But Maybe I'll be the first one to do that. Microphone. Exactly. That's what. She, there you go. Well, for Daya, her talent, a lip sync. A lip sync on Drag Race. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Shocker. It will not be to her own song. No, no. But to Pink's Get the Party Started. What will that show us about her? Well, she's about having fun and doing you. And Rue is not having this. And Daya is trying to sell it, but Rue is still not buying it. Has Daya ever seen this show before? It better be the best lip sync she's ever done. Uh, also, like if Rue, I love how Rue said, you know, uh, it doesn't show who you are because this is something that judges my ass. And I'm like, Daya, girl, ding, ding, ding. She's one of the judges, a.k.a. she's telling you, I'm going to ask you, who the fuck are you? After yeah. you do, excuse my language. After you do this number, because I'm not getting who you are from this number. Like if Rue is telling you, it doesn't mean you have to change it. If you feel like you can really execute it well, fine. But if you're if you're explaining it and she really is not getting it and she's like, uh, you might need to think of how to redo something. I agree. Because she's one of the judges. Mm -hmm. It's Lady Camden's turn. She started to dance when she was doing ballet at age 12. Her talent will be a mix of classical ballet with the dancing she's evolved into now. Rue is going to drop the bomb that she's been to the ballet once or twice, and she hasn't enjoyed it as she finds it boring. Do you think Rue would have said that to Brooklyn Heights face? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so, but like, I don't know how well Lady Camden is known for her ballet, but Brooklyn has really infused ballet in, like, she's even done Miss Continental on point. Exactly. So, like, exactly. Rue knows how good Brooklyn is. You know what I mean? And Brooklyn exactly. has a way to execute in a way that's interesting. I think for Lady Camden, since she's not as known as Brooklyn, that's why Rue didn't say it. But again, like I said, if Rue has reservations, it doesn't mean you have to change it. It just means it needs to be executed well. And like we see later on, Lady Camden mm-hmm. did something that Rue was kind of hesitant about, but she did it in a way that was enjoyable. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Daya did not. Deja comes on over. Rue tells her that her audition reel was one she enjoyed. Rue says she's an old and then starts to stumble. So Rue called Deja old. I am old too. But Rue really meant old school queen, which she enjoys. She covered herself. Yeah, she's an old school queen. <laughs> Deja is going to teach you how to be a cheerleader in three easy steps. It's her sense of humor. And she's a choreographer for cheer and dance. And that's what she's going to do. 
Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Are we gonna talk a little bit later about when they perform? Oh, we will. Got... Oh, we will. Okay, great. Oh, will. Okay, great. Ooh, Jasmine tells us that Deja is her competition because she is a cheerleader too, but she's going to have back handsprings and round kicks. I mean, who doesn't love those? Mm-hmm. Maddie is summoned. Rue is like, where is the accent? And Maddie is like from Southern Arkansas, but tries not to be Arkansas as humanly possible. Maddie's talent is playing guitar. Live music is very risky, but Rue tells her to make it special. Now, RuPaul is RuPaul's show. RuPaul can do whatever RuPaul wants to do. So RuPaul is going to just come out here and out Maddie as straight for making history as the first straight contestant on Drag Race. The head turns from everybody in that room. Oh, Little Georges is like, what? I love the jaw drops. Oh, that was, uh, like, that was probably my favorite moment of the whole episode. It was like, they were like, oh, my God. Now, Maddie is gobsmacked. And like, here we go. Let's discuss. Rue literally asks her if she's worried when she leaves here that she won't be straight. Inappropriate. You can't say that. Rue. You, you, okay. This, you know what the thing is, too? Like, there's also like Matt, Maddie being on here. It's really, it's not that he's a, he's a straight person. It's that he's a straight male. Because we have a straight female, and that's in what UK or I forgot which franchise. And also, we are we have a fab queens that we know like in the city, like for us, right? But it's because he's a male too. And the thing is, the, the that room is filled with gay men, and gay men love a little challenge. And you know, some of them are like, <laughs> when you hear a straight man doing something that you perceive as gay, you're like, oh, that bitch gonna be gay. So th- there's like, I Rue asked that because I think Rue has a little hope in her heart that he does come out gay because she wants him to be gay. That's that's what yeah. it is. And exactly. I'm like, girl, I don't want him to be gay because I'm not sleeping with him. <laughs> well, Maddie goes to say that she got into drag by watching Tu Wong Fu with her grandma and it put the bug oh. in her head. She developed an interest in fashion and makeup, and it's not something you can express. Rue was impressed with her because she is someone who said, this is something that interests me and just did it. She tells Maddie that she will go very far in this life. All right. Well, Rue's going to gather the queens around and tell them that Alicia Keys will be their extra special guest judge. Who would oh. your be your icon guest judge? Oh, my God. I mean, I know this might seem so, so cliche. So cliche. But honestly, if I, I'm like, if Beyonce was to be my guest, like, whole bitch, like, mm-hmm. I would flip the hell, like, yeah. I know probably everyone else in that room would die and, like, people would go on convulsions and people would pass out. And I would be right there doing both, convulsions yeah. and passing out at the same time. Listen, mm-hmm. her mom was on the show. I think she had a good time. Couldn't really tell. Um, but maybe she maybe she told her daughter, come go do it. It'll be fun. Well, when I saw her mom get on the show, I was like, oh, they inching. They inching through the they family. Inching. They inching Just, through blue. Listen, there there's still rumors of a share appearance coming up maybe this summer. Who knows? Also, has has uh anyone from Destiny's Child has Kelly Rowland or Michelle been on? I feel like Michelle one was on has- season one. See, so I'm like they they get they they circling they're like circling the the mm-hmm. planet Beyonce and they're oh, trying yeah. to land, but Beyonce like I want this much money. And they're like, okay, give us two more seasons to give us some more sponsors. <laughs> exactly. I I'm a big fan of Alicia Keys. As, as I've said many times, listeners, you know, um, I worked on Broadway. Alicia Keys was the producer on it, and I got to officially 
um, take a photo with her on our closing night. Um, oh, flawless, literally flawless. But there were there, there were a couple times she came into rehearsal to watch, and I was like, "You're just a perfect human." Like came in without makeup on, and I was like, right. I, 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 "I can't. You are yeah. fucking flawless." She's so She's kind. Very down so I, I'm, I'm I was so happy to see her on. But it is the day to show the talent to the judges. Camden is trying to fi- stay focused, but she's really nervous. She thinks Ruth wants something better than boring ballet. The discussion turns to how long it takes everyone to do their makeup. Deja can do the 45-minute drag thing. She'll be fine on this show. Maddie is going to take a page from Kamora Hall drag book and talks about how she takes three hours. Straight people can't do it right. Um, how long are you nowadays? Oh, I can do my face. Okay, real like the fastest I've done my face has been 30 minutes. I've done a 30-minute beat and it didn't come out bad. But like normally it's like 40 to 45 minutes now. Yeah, I've shaved off 15 minutes. Um since great, nice job. So, yep. I can get ready like in an hour, like fully dressed and ready to go. Nice. Deja tells us that she is gagged that Maddie is straight as she doesn't know any straight drag queens, and she's been doing drag for a long time. So here we go. Maddie says it's not something that they lead with as they don't want people to form an opinion around their sexuality first. It's just a fun fact, but it's not the defining thing. Camden says to be a fully fledged drag queen and be straight is crazy. She has respect for her because you have to be comfortable with your heterosexuality to be able to, you know, like tuck and all and put a wig on. She's not wrong. No, it's true. I mean, I want to know who taught Maddie how to tuck. Well, honestly, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he learned from the internet either, because I, mm-hmm. I learned how to talk okay. from the internet. That's I fair. like literally Google searched it and found a video that showed the penis. And we're, yep. So there it is. I don't, I don't see uh, Maddie going up to like some drag queen as a straight man and be like, <laughs> can you show me how to talk? And that right. drag queen was like, is this AKA you want to fuck? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Maddie has never met another straight drag queen because she thinks guys are afraid to express femininity within the toxic masculinity world. She shares that when she grew up in Arkansas, she thought it was illegal to be gay, but moving to a bigger city and seeing people live their authentic lives made her realize she can live her own life too. Andrea thinks it's sickening and that Maddie is a heterosexual man from a small town in the South who wants to be a sickening drag queen all at the same time. And suddenly we're going to get interrupted by a voice it's most definitely Miss Alicia Keys. They look around and suddenly we are transported back to All Stars 2 when she appears from within the mirror. She's like, I'm not allowed to be near you and this is the closest she, I can get to you. It was so funny because between, like from her to Lizzo, like Lizzo still came into the room to the door. She's like, I'll still breathe the same air. And I was like, no, Alicia was like, no, I'm in, I'm in my quarantine bubble. <laughs> this plexiglass is a poor, non-porous. You ain't yep. gonna, if you sneeze by any chance, you ain't getting it on me, bitch. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> she is excited and proud of them. They inspire her because she feels like she we should not hold back and be as bold and as brave and as big and as powerful as we want to be. Don't let anyone hold them back. They are going to show how special they are. Has she ever expressed her interest in drag before? I feel like Alicia Keys isn't someone who is like outwardly like a gay icon, like, you know, like Lizzo is or, or Beyonce. Well, I, I mean, 
No, she, I figured there was something she said about the LGBTQ community and it was like very supportive. I don't know if it was during like Black Lives Matter, but then also like the Black Trans Lives Matter movement as well. But she's been always a, an ally. She's always been, it's just, she's just a, a like the best way I can describe is cool down to earth that like, yeah. she's not like, she doesn't make, she doesn't do outfits. She doesn't make music that's like gay pop icon right. stuff. So it's not like she's a gay icon because of that. She's just a cool ally that just loves yeah. a lot of you know, people regardless of their orientation. There you go. They feel good, but they are nervous since there are only seven of them and none of them came in to be the first girl gone. Don't worry, you're not the first girl. You're the second girl, technically. Technically, you are the second. Going humble, boo. It's main stage time, and tonight we get no performance by RuPaul because she already released her album last week. And did you stream Mama Ru yet? Um, no, girl. <laughs> it's like every season there's a new song. I'm like, oh god, here we go. Ru though is she? She is shimmering and looking stunning in that blonde wig, looking oh, yeah. like someone who needs to return their blouse immediately to Chico's and Michelle Visage. I don't know what the fuck she was wearing. So, you know, they all have, I mean, listen, she's been on that season for so long. That show, she, she's allowed one bad blouse day. Okay, I'll give it to her. Carson Cressley <laughs> is back. And of course, we have Alicia Keys. Let's dive into our little talent show. And starting us off is Georges. Uh, again, cute little sexy little body. She starts off with a Dua Lipa song um, that's going to turn into a dance number because that's what she does. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine, but nothing special until she really started to do her tricks and stunts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reason why I said I was, like, impressed, too, because, like, when I looked on her Instagram before, she dan- she was dancing at, like, one of the places she normally does. And there wasn't, like, a lot of stunts or tricks. It was dancing, but a lot of stunts or tricks. But then when I watched her perform for, for Drag Race, I was like, oh, okay, like, not as many either. But still, I was like, this is, she has really good rhythm. And I think if you can also be entertaining without doing, like, a, a bunch of stunts. I think that's really good too. So she really impressed me in the talent show. Jasmine Kennedy's number is to I'm in love with a monster. Um, and it's another trick and stunt number just with a little more energy. Oh yeah. Um, I was here for it. Um, we're talking about for Jasmine's thing, right? Yeah. I was just like, Oh, and I told you she's, she has that gymnastic background. So when she did that backhand spring, I was like, this is good. And her, her jump splits. Oh, they're so pretty because she liked her jump spin splits i'm like i'd be trying like i had to pause it and rewind it to see like how she landed (laughs) but also the fact that she can move and groove in that giant ass hair good for her yeah yeah and you know what that like when like because she does that a lot she wears a lot of big hair like you know Mm -hmm. and she moves around but every time i see her like with big hair i always think of pageants which it makes sense she says she's a pageant girl like um what's her name um Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Davenport. Yeah. She, she wears big ass hair that you're like, you you know it must be heavy. And she whips it like it's a fucking bob. I'm like, you... Yep. That's Jasmine. She does the same thing. I'm like, you go ahead, girl, with that big ass wig. Oh, poor Diabetti. We'll be doing a lift thing following two dance queens. Not a good placement for her. Whoever made this order was mean. They were like, Diabetti, we don't like you. Um, yeah. She's dressed up like a magician, but it's not a magic act, but she does crude magic comedy to pink. It was very basic and not what you expect to see on Drag Race at this moment. The only redeeming oh, the moment was the little hat reveal. The big hat to the little hat. That was it. Right. I thought it was cute. I was like, oh, a small hat under that. I was like, okay, she's going for like campy comedy. And then like she pulled out something and it was like 
like confetti and I was like, okay. So it was like, it's either you do a magic trick, like an mm -hmm. actual cool magic trick doing this number, or you keep it campy where it's fun. Like she pulled out the, um, the balloon and I was expecting yeah. for her to make something by the end of the song. And she exactly. did nothing with it besides like grind on it. And I was like, exactly. Oh. As Angeria says, it's like watching a cloud at the birthday party and she means it in the best way possible. <laughs> she was trying to be a Southern sweetheart, honey. Mm -hmm. Lady Camden steps out and tosses the ballet shoes away and gives you technique. It's silly and campy and I think a really great difference compared to Jasmine and Georges while still maintaining that, yes, she too can dance. Yeah, um, I mean, like, like I said, I told you, it was the same thing. Like she did something Rue at first was kind of hesitant, but she made it enjoyable. Exactly. And you can do it. You know, you don't always have to change everything. You just got to make it, you got to execute it well. She did good. Camden is very campy, but this was not as, as impressive as I wanted it to be. That being said, some people have pointed out that it was an homage to the cult classic film, Center Stage. Oh, that's true. She's smart. She's a little witty. Mm -hmm. She's a little witty. There you go. Deja Sky brought you camp, and I wanted her to do like a full Mickey moment, but alas, I think her concept was there, but the execution was not there. It just didn't move. Also, she was wearing sneakers, and they were not stoned. <laughs> okay, y'all, so you know, if you are wearing sneakers, they must be stoned for Michael to approve. This is, okay, so this is why I want to talk about that one, because I thought she, it would have been sickening if she did all that basic stuff, like the basic cartwheel and the basic jump. And then when the music dropped, if she went full out and did like a full toe touch of proper cartwheel, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? Like playing like she can't do it and then be like, oh no, bitch, I can do it. I thought that would have been sickening because it would have been impressive. And you know, we are always impressed when a big girl can move and is flexible. Exactly. And you know, and then you say you're a dance and cheer coach, which doesn't mean you have to be as flexible, but like, it's like saying like, oh, I'm a, like, I, I'm a personal trainer and then you're out of shape. It's like, you expect what you coach kind of from the person. So I'm like, if, you, if you're a coach for all this, it, you should have shown that in your talent by doing some basic stuff and then turning it the hell out. And she didn't I agree. turn out, she just did the same thing. And I was like, no. You got it. You nailed it. That's exactly what she should have done. She needs to hire mm -hmm. you next time. Because it would have it would have still been campy, but then be like, oh, like she's funny, but don't like don't sleep on her. Like mm -hmm. she will turn the party and you'd be like, oh, okay, okay. Now Maddie Morphosis did some blues looking like an 80s lesbian rocker. Uh, now sure last did. week, Alyssa told us she was gonna play the guitar. She did not. Maddie, in fact, did play the guitar. Yeah, I well, Alyssa said that I was like, girl, why you lie? You, you, uh, she lip sync and she guitar synced at the same time. Um, but Maddie did, and I think, I mean, it is a talent to play an instrument, you know, it does take time mm -hmm. and practice. And I think she did really good. I, but I agree, like, the, the tongue part should have been to the side to see absolutely. It. I want to see, show me the receipts, let me see it now. Okay. Again, it was very straight, it just there's something about guitar playing, and it, it's, a, it's a straight thing, and the producers like make it as butch as possible. Um, but she did fine. It was a talent. It was a talent. It just, it was, um, it was lackluster. Yeah. Angeria Paris, Van Michaels created a track that was incredibly relatable and catchy and fun. Check. Thankfully, yeah. her basic ass bodysuit was not her talent because that was a walk around look at best. I mean, she was like, at the leotard with ruffle, like with a uh, puffy <laughs> Okay, but you know, remember we were scared because she said she she's a ballet queen. She loves a ballet, so I was like, yep. I'm glad she said that, but then didn't do that for her talent. Basically, this talent show was just a 
typical drag show? I think so, but I would say for me, um, I enjoyed this talent show a little bit more than the previous one because mm. I we had the two dancing queens on it. That's fair. There I it is. Like, I was like, thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. And I, I would go the other way because I love performance art. We've got to see some performance art from Willow and some burlesque out of Bosco and whatever the hell we saw out of Orion. That is true, but... No, I like me a dancing queen. I'm like, I there love me some dancing queens. So I was like, finally, we get some dancing queens, girl. Let's do it. I mean, Jambalaya was cute, but her, you know, that whole band and everything in a way, like whatever. Yeah. But um, African dance, cute. But I got my good old drag dance. And I was like, yes. Let's get to the runway. Category is sickening sign- signature drag. In honor of the runway, we are going to play sickening or picketing. Oh, sickening or picketing? Yep, I love we're going to pick it Starting off with Georges, look by Rico Cavalli, hair by Go Wig or Go Home, Goric Elder, and Chichi Ferrara. Some combo. She didn't specify who exactly did it, but she she named them all. I adore the purple on her. I would have loved a bit more flourish on the bottom part of the train, but knowing that it was removable, I understand why it's not bogged down with stones. The purple she brought into her eyes, it was so sophisticated and stunning. The stonework is impeccable. The mesh catsuit stoned immaculately. She's one to watch. Oh, that, that's um, that's why I, I told you she fully changed my opinion, my um, ori- original impression of her on the show from after seeing her. I was like, okay, so she's here. She's here. She's doing a great job. She's consistent. I am so for this outfit. I think it's so gorgeous. I think the the fabric choices, the the stones itself has that tint of purple in it. So it ties in with the removable like train that she has. The purple in her eye. I, yeah, it's it's ugh. like that bodysuit is so beautiful. It's disgusting. Yeah. Listen, if she has a sugar daddy, I would not be surprised. And I wouldn't either because she is the perfect age and height for it to have a sugar daddy. <laughs> Carson says he loves the stones on the mesh and all the amethyst tones. He says the makeup is like airbrushed. Michelle loves her energy. She tells her that her plan of attack should always be out of the gate. Alicia says as a performer, she felt confidence from her that she did not quit. She loved and she lived. Rue asks her if this is a number she performs in her nightclub act. And she says, yes, ever since the song came out, ever since she was 16, she's been performing it ever since. Rue says that every time she mentions how young she is, she is going to take marks off. I yeah. too also same. I was like, yeah, girl, stop doing it. You know, you know, uh, Rue is ancient girl. She's mm-hmm. one of the elders. This look, it is sickening for me. Sickening for me. Audience, 82% sickening, 18% picketing. Next up, Deja Sky, no designers listed. I am so conflicted on this look. I appreciate it and how expensive it looks, but I just hate the bottom of the dress. It just doesn't feel like the right placement, and I think it's just due to the jacket being a jacket and not like a train. Um, The wrap in her head matching the blue fabric was a great way to tie it all together. I think I'm just going to have to get over the highlighter on her face. It's her thing. Until Michelle tells her to stop. I think it's just going to be here to stay. I I felt the same way too. Um, watching it when she first walked out, I felt like the bottom half was missing something. Because I was like, I mean, I see the back is like the feathers. And I was like, this is cute. But I was like, maybe if she had like the, 
the like not the harnesses but you know how sometimes they have like the boot covers that can yeah. match and they'll tie in so i was like something just on her legs to just bring it together for the outfit and then when she pulled it up i was like okay so there's a little wow factor but still it was like everything is interesting from like her new vagina up because she was yeah. tucking you know what i mean and then the yeah. from the waist down it's kind of like mm, blah Carson says he loves the cerulean on the runway. Michelle says her routine was brave because she wanted to do something different. She says they saw a lot of lip syncing and she stood out, maybe for not the right reasons. She says it wasn't funny. Uh, Deja, it's picketing for me. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Oh, oh, we're doing Deja. I thought we were doing Camden. No, we're doing no, Deja. I'm sorry. We're doing Deja. Oh. My bad. Um, I'm not, I'm this, I'm sorry. This outfit, I think is, I'm going to go back over there. Sorry. This outfit, I think is completely sickening. In my opinion, I think the fabric of the black into the cerulean, it pops out. And I think yeah. it's in the right place for me. So I'm going to say sickening for that. The audience, 56% sickening, 44% picketing. They didn't like it. Oh, no, they didn't love no. it. 44%. What's wrong with y'all color schemes? <laughs> Jasmine Kennedy, hair by Anthony Michael Wiggs, look by Lady Marissa. This is Jasmine to AT. She is giving you breastplate and pageant hair and stunning gold. She paints so much older than she is, but makes it look like she is a seasoned pageant goddess. If you want to know who Jasmine is, this was it. Yeah, I mean, this one, I yeah, I have no complaints about it. I think the color came great. We saw natural hair color on her compared yep. to her entrance look. Um like I said, too, like from the entrance look of it looking a little arts and crafts because of the cut of the, the inside seam, that's nothing like that with this with this runway look. And I think yeah. she did a really good job of tying it all in. And I like the low cut of that. And the mm -hmm. sheer kind of cape gives it that ethereal feel. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was sickening to me. Sickening. Carson says that what she was doing, she was doing was ice skating maneuvers. And Denali somewhere found dead after that comment. Michelle says she is giving 60s drag. Alicia says it's body yaddy yaddy. Rue says she looks like Edie Williams from Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And Alyssa Edwards had a baby. Sickening. Gorgeous. Love it. Absolutely. Audience, 85% sickening, 15% picketing. Maddie Morphosis. No designers listed. Hmm. She is camp, and this is a camp concept. I will call this dress out for being an Amazon costume that has been worn by the likes of Seraphim and Pietra Parker. I have the I have the photos. Ooh. It's from Amazon. Really? I've also, yep, I found it on Amazon. I know I because I've called I called Seraphim out on it because this was like one of her signature looks for a while after I saw Pietra wear it at Drag Wars once. And I was like, you bitch, you lie. You said that was made for you. She's like, okay, fine, it's Amazon. And I was like, I fucking found it. It's an Amazon dress. Oh no, that kind of like diminishes how impressed I was by this thing. <laughs> that being said, her beat is not the strongest, but it falls a little bit into the world of camp. I think the hair was right for Marie Antoinette, but it got a little bit lost. And she's wearing flats. Why did no one call out the flats? Oh, oh. You know what's crazy? I mean, you know what the thing was? The, well, okay, well, oh, this is, the, oh, man, I'm mad. <laughs> See, sometimes the truth, the truth hurts. Because I was thoroughly impressed because everything was so underwhelming that when he when she came out, I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is something, okay, well, like, okay, now you're showing us you can be, like, a wow factor. But now I know this is on Amazon. I'm like, bitch, you sell out. <laughs> and you know what? Again, now it makes more sense because it fits in with her look. 
her look in the entrance looked like it could have been bought from Amazon and she stoned it. And now knowing that this is from Amazon, same thing. Although I do, I will, the one prop I will say, now knowing this new uh, knowledge and facts, is that I did enjoy the way uh, she played the role where like she would yeah. bounce her head in her hands. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really really good of storytelling too while wearing this costume and then my whole time i was like is this bitch like hunchback because that would hurt my soul it had to have been and that's what was so crazy about it like regardless if it's amazon or not she did take the garment and then did something to it because obviously she had to like adjust a little bit add some more materials or whatever um but yeah the way she was holding her like herself there she had to have been hunched over a lot yeah, because you can see sometimes when she turns, like even though they don't show a lot, you see the back is like re- like where yeah. her head is. It's very like retreating, mm-hmm. like she's hunched back. So I know she had to be hunched over so she could still be lower. And I'm like, ooh. And then she's standing there for judging after. I'm like, oh, I know your back hurt, girl. Right? I know your back hurt. Michelle says this is something she's never seen before. It's stupid. It's a costume, but it's full on crazy drag. She says that she can see she needs more help with her makeup with little tweaks. Carson says it's really fun and she should hold her head high. Alicia was happy to hear her play the blues as she got taste vibe and zone. Carson asks if she's played the guitar with her tongue and she says she did. Carson says it was a bonus talent but wasn't sure what was happening and tells her to work the camera. Rue tells her to have more of an angle at drag shows. She tells her had she played the guitar with her penis she just told the straight man to whip out his penis. Workplace harassment! I'm, but I also told you, I, I told you, didn't I say she wants him to be gay? She wants, yep. that's why she said, do you think you'll be gay after this? And then she said, if you play with your penis, she wants him to be gay. I'm telling uh-huh. you, she's one of those like, oh, this is a challenge. He says he's straight. Mm-hmm, we'll see about that. Oh like, my God. Oh. I was like, Rue, you can't say that you are canceled. This, I, I can't believe the I'm editor skipped like, it in. I'm like, girl, this might be a setup for her to get canceled, bitch. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it a sickening. I think overall the execution of the concept was really cool. So sickening for me. Although I am heartbroken to know that this is from Amazon <laughs> and it has crushed my soul because I, I thought it was the original concept for them. I will still say it is sickening in my opinion. The audience, 85% sickening, 15% picketing. Angeria Paris Van Michaels, look by Unique Creations uh, in Malaysia Black, hair by Kioran Hicks, nails by Southernly Sweet Nails. Um, listen. I call out bitches for recycling looks, but this bitch gets a free pass. I don't care if she's worn this at the page. She better have won the title with this. It is stunning. The body oh, is right. Is. The mug is right. The colors are incredible. I love just the plainness of the burgundy because it allows you to focus on the exuberance of that gown. The stoning, oh. the appliques are placed in such a way where it gives her movement while she's stationary. My only critique is her eyes are a little too pink for my liking, but that's just making it nitpicky. This is A plus drag here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I I have nothing to say, but just absolutely fucking sickening and stunning. Uh, gorgeous. Um, Carson says she is giving Atlanta G-A-Y pageant perfection. He, call, she, he calls, um, she says he called her in an ambulance because he almost slipped a disc watching her performance. Rue loves the dress and calls it Dominique Devereaux. Alicia says she loved it and it was so good. She says sometimes it's tricky to do original songs, but she did that. Angeria gets emotional, but says the female vocalist that lives inside of her has been inspired by Alicia, so it feels amazing. Do you think that's true? Or should she say that for the camera? Just for the camera, honestly. Let's yeah, be I real. Think so. <laughs> um, it's this look. It's sickening. It's it, it's a, a plus. Yeah, sickening. 
sickening, 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 sickening. Audience, 97% sickening, 3% picketing. All right, yeah. now we're doing Lady Camden. Look by Marco Marco. Hair by Wigs by Atlas. Um, yeah, Marco Marco made this. It's playful, fun, camp, really cute. I think the silver-pink color combo was great. She says it's inspired by Camden Town Raver Girls in the 90s, which I did a Google search, didn't really see that, but it's quirky. <laughs> I hate the fishnets. I hate the fishnets. I don't know why she has them. It's a texture issue. It's just too much for her, me. But she really is the dark horse of the season. She's going to coast to the end the same way Kitty and Ella did. They have that British camp sensibility that Rue loves, and she will do no wrong, but perhaps not stand out as a star until the competition dwindles down. Keep an eye on her. You you analyze the hell out of her. Yeah, this is when I when I was saying, like, I just wish there was something in the bottom half. Maybe not the fishnets. Maybe she took them off. Fine, that would help. Yeah. Just something added on the bottom would have made it more cohesive yeah. or just a higher boot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, it was like the moment she put the wings up, I was like, this is, okay, cute, 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 cute. I, yeah. I see what you did there, girl. And the de- there's so much detail from her, like, tuck up that it makes the bottom half look so boring. That's I agree. Like, Carson says she came out as a ballerina, but tossed them away and did ballet the drag way, which was fabulous. Michelle says the look is adorable. Alicia says she can see all of her personality in her look. Nothing looks like how she looks. It's her favorite Pokemon character. I don't know any peacocks and Pokemon, but I haven't played in years, so. Oh, there, there's a, oh, trust me, there's a lot of Pokemon. And the new ones, yep, yeah, there's a, right. several Pokemon just like her. I'm going to give it a sickening. Uh, I, you know what? For the for that peacock feather at the in the back, I'm gonna give it a sickening. Audience, sixty three percent sickening, thirty seven percent picketing. <coughs> yeah, I can see that. Next up is Daya Betty. Look by Daya and Tanner Peterson, who is her boyfriend. So now you can go uh, stalk him on Instagram. Hair by Wigs by Golgi. This feels like what someone from the House of Method would wear at Signature Drag. I love the Vivian Westwood inspire, inspiration here. Yellow, red, blue with the plaid gives you that playful grunge feel. I just do not care for the hair. It is way too synthetic and fake. It needed to be muted a bit. But um, poor girl did have that giant hole in the back, and that's just nothing you can do about it unless you rip the other side of the um, garment to make it symmetrical. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the the look. I mean, I kind of have to disagree with you. I like the hair with it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, because they're doing this whole storyline of her being related to Crystal Method, it literally with that hair, it makes her look exactly like Crystal Method. So that's like, oh, you're not you're not setting yourself different from her. But mm-hmm. I think the costume itself is the outfit itself is really gorgeous. I really like it. And at first when I saw the rip, I thought it was like an asymmetrical like tear in the right. skirt. And then I saw no it was ripped because in the middle was supposed to be where the yellow one is. So she if she had ripped the other side, I think it would have looked intentional and she might have gotten away with that. I agree. Carson says the look has an English punk kind of vibe, but they did notice the back was popping. Michelle guesses that she is in the Crystal Method family because she can see it in her face. She says her lip sync was pretty lackluster. I do question how much of the how much knowledge do the judges get about the queens before like getting on the panel? Does she not know? Yeah, that's why I wanted to because I'm like, do, did you not know who was going to be the contestant? Maybe they're not allowed they to know. Because I'm like, I, I knew, I, mean, I knew, we know Rue knows everyone's like history of who they're related right. to before they get there because she looks at their tapes and, and approves, obviously. But for the judges, I'm like, I find it hard to believe that Michelle, Rue's like best friend, doesn't know that Diabetes is Crystal Method's like exactly. sister. 
Well, like, Rue says, I agree. Rue says she did a good job, but she didn't get enough of her personality from it. She doesn't know who she is, and that's the purpose of the talent show. I did like the look. I think it was a really cool concept. I'm giving it sickening. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a sickening. The audience, 53% sickening, 47% picketing. That it's, oh, that's a close one. Well, Rue has decided that Angeria wins the week and $5,000. Lady Camden, Georges, Jasmine Kennedy, and Maddie Morphosis are safe, leaving Deja Sky and Daya Betty as the bottom two. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I think, I think so. I think from the talents, they both were the least impressive and entertaining. And then yeah. for look-wise, I mean, I, I thought if anything, uh, Deja's look would have saved her from being in the bottom. But then compared to the rest of the girls, I was like, no, they're all really strong. So like, yeah. it really just comes down to the talent and the talent show was not good. Agreed. Well, the song is Alicia Keys Fallen. Not a great yeah. lip sync song, but let's do it. Let's 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 see what they can do with it. Well, you know what's funny? As soon as uh, I like me and my friend were like joking because as soon as we saw Alicia Keys, like obviously being the judge, we're like, "Oh, girl, you know they're doing a ballad, <laughs> right?" Because she doesn't uh-huh. make she doesn't make any really fast paced, high energy pop song. Like her music is soulful, R and B, jazz inspired. So I was like, "Oh, they're doing a good old park and bark, bitch." It's it's interesting because like usually if anyone's going to use an Alicia Keys song that in a drag mix, it's usually Girl on Fire. It's never right. fallen. But <laughs> so even like, right. Girl on Fire, but Girl on Fire is still slow. Absolutely. Um, so it's still like a race. Clap your hands. Uh, light a light a, a match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Deja just had that edge of experience that she brought into her performance. Daya just was popping out of that dress and it was basically her swan song. Also, um, she stepped on Deja's coat and I would have been like, bitch, that's just expensive. Get off of it. Um, Yeah. She's stepping right on it. Uh Disrespectfully. I was like, ooh. It was just a lackluster performance, but Deja just had a little more passion in storytelling or lip sync. Yeah, I mean, but the, uh, you know, I think it is, I think it's challenging to make because people see okay uh from a mainstream perspective of people watching the show when you go from seeing uh jasmine and george's do like splits and and backhand springs and stuff for high energy song and then you see a ballot it can be perceived as boring i also think as an artist it is really hard to do a ballot where you can't do tricks you're not doing tricks and really emote it that you're interested in so it was kind of bleh but yeah. I think Deja Listen, is a little bit more. If, if there is anyone who can, who is a trick queen who can do a ballad like no other, y'all go watch Tace. She had to do it twice in that season. Oh, yes. Yeah. She Ooh. won both of them. Oh, my God. What, I don't know what song she did where she was like, she was like a vampire look that she had. Oh, Memory she so from good. Cats. Oh, she, girl, I said, bitch. Yep. I have never mm-hmm. been more captivated in my life. Also, did you notice all the red marks Daya had on her body? Was it from the the zippers or what what was going on there? I don't know if it was from the from the zippers, the ribbons, or if it was from the uh, the red f- ribbons uh, bleeding on her. Yeah. Because like if you, if you notice too, like in previous, like earlier in the episode, uh, George's armpits were stained by her her costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, drag's not always the prettiest. No, it's not. And it stains, y'all. It, it stains sure a lot. Well, Deja lives another day. Daya Betty sashays away. And Daya is disappointed in herself, but she's going to keep going. Let's go through Untucks a little bit. And 
at first when I watched it, I was like, ah, this is boring on top. But then like rewatching it for my notes, I was like, it really is the Maddie story. And there's a lot of important things that were said in this. So mm-hmm. let's dissect mm-hmm. it a little bit. The girls are on their way backstage to discuss what happened on the main stage. And again, they say they're having a cocktail, but I'm going to need to know what's underneath that drag race koozie. Those are like either lime maritas or just seltzer. That can is a can. No, no. they're four locos. <laughs> ah! Oh my god, not four loco. Well, Lady Camden is excited for Untuck to get to know the others a bit better. But let's really discuss the main story at this hour. Maddie on Honest. the couch. She has mm-hmm. taken off her look. She is in her undergarments and fully has a pillow covering herself up. If it's, yep. if it's not a moment, it is a meme. Um, it is going to be read by everyone, and it already has. Well, I, I mean, I wasn't. I understand. understand. Yeah, we. Well, I was like, y'all could read her for it, but realistically, her costume—that was the costume. Would she don't. Would yeah. she gonna need a stone undersuit that no one's gonna see? <laughs> exactly. That's why she put. The, that's why she put the pillow over because she knew she looked basic as hell. So she's like, let me put this pillow so they don't see how basic I look. I, I think maybe it was also because she's like, I know I'm on television and everyone, everyone is going to know, want to know if I'm tucked right now. Y'all are not going to get that glory. You, know you don't have to tuck in that look. There's no reason to tuck in that look. You really don't. You don't. Mm-mm. And not one bit. So Daya shares, <laughs> Daya shares she doesn't have tons of money and doesn't have expensive gowns. She's falling apart. She's just not that kind of girl. She's proud of even though her nipples were hanging out. She is sad that Rude says she doesn't know who she is and it took her so long to figure out who she is. She's just confident about it. If she has to lip sync, she's going to do it. If her look falls off, it's still a reveal. I was like, that's funny. It's, at least you can make a joke of it. Right. Maddie doesn't know how to feel and expresses it in such a monotone. She was trying to show emotion in their number, but getting into it hurt her. She thinks it's a 50-50 chance that she's lip syncing. Meanwhile, Injuria tells her that she's not giving herself enough credit as she's the only one playing an instrument. She was individually her. Maddie says that she'd feel better if everyone else got awful critiques. They joke that she's being shady, but that means that only the people who got negative critiques were her, Daya, Daya and Deja. Camden notes that they are really excited by her drag, a.k.a. she's straight. <laughs> right. Not the drag. You're excited that she's straight and you want to see what yep. a straight man's going to do. Georges is feeling on top of the world. She was nervous that if she would fuck it up, it would be embarrassing as she's not at home for being a lip sync assassin. And I say, is this a precursor for things to come? Stay tuned and find out. Well, we, wait, no. Who was the other? Oh, no, no. That was uh, the last episode. When uh, um, Rook called him a lip sync assassin, I think mm-hmm. it was the first premiere. I was like, you know she's going to come back for all sides of the assassin now, even if she don't win. You exactly. Know she I was like, Deja, girl, you just gig. <laughs> Deja is feeling good about her runway. The positive outweighs the negative, but she's having a hard time not thinking about the negative. She had expectations on herself as well as Rue did, and she feels like she disappointed him. I got to say, it's always hard for me to know what, to, what pronouns to use for Rue because they are so fluid when it co- comes to talking about Rue. Is it, is, is it when it's Rue out of drag him in yeah. drag she? It's it's confusing, but it's confusing. well. It's also because they they meet Rue in both forms. Exactly, uh, they meet Rue as Rue, and then they meet Rue out of drag. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's like 
And the first time they meet them in the in like the beginning of the day when they're filming is out of drag because they're in the workroom. And then after exactly. they see her in drag. So well, she says in the workroom, Rue mentioned her tape and that she was the one they were looking for. To go from feeling on top of the world to feeling like you let down your idol makes her feel like she dropped the ball and she only has herself to blame. She says she's comedic, but not a comedy queen, which is a really interesting take. I've never really heard that before. Well, I think I'm, I mean, I agree with her. I feel like, I mean, she looks a little bit more campy though. So I would take her as right. a comedy queen, but I'm the same way. Like I'm comedic, but I'm not, a, I'm not a comedy queen. Like my drag isn't about always being funny, sure. but I'm funny in my drag. And I get it where it's like, like I'll do numbers, even if it's like a dancing number, but I'll do something funny to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I'll gesture that I'm like blowing them or something in a moment where it's like a dancing number because I like having fun and like and having yeah. humor, but the whole number is not going to be comedy. Absolutely. I, I, okay. I hear that. Camden tells um, her that the people will fall in love with her. She tells her expectations are good to have, but you can go further than that. Push yourself, but don't hate on yourself. She tells her she'll be mm-hmm. fine. Camden is self-aware and guarded, but she knows that they don't care about the details. They just want to see who she is. She is protecting herself and it's a wall. She would be so upset that if she got on a plane and didn't enjoy her experience. Miss Angie is going to tell her something. She's going to tell her that she gravitated toward her and that her wall is going to have to come down because she stands out just being in her. She tells her, it's okay, just be you. Camden shares that her childhood was her happiest place she remembers. She would be in her room, draw pictures of castles and wear fabric and dance around the room. The expression on her face was worried when her dad would come home. She was told to ask that kid what they need, and she says they needed to know that they had permission to do be who they were. Daya tells her that her younger self would be so proud, and she tell, says, as queer kids, we go through so much, and it's hard, and I get that sentiment. I just don't relate, but it's okay. It's fine. Now, I love... Wait, I also love how every time they mention about being queer in this untuck, they always zoom to Maddie. <laughs> It's true. They did. And I was like, this is shady. It's great editing. Um, it's so good. I was, yeah. Um, but I was like, you, you, you're talking about the childhood, talking what you'd say to the child. You're not at the final episode yet. You can't reveal that. Like, Save no, your speech. No. Stop, stop all the emotional shit right now. Just be happy you got through, through the day. <laughs> exactly. Jasmine starts to talk, and but instead she starts weeping. She says it's hard as a kid to not be yourself and put on a facade, and when you get to be yourself, it's a really big moment. She said she had to fight for acceptance growing up. Daya says they should each be proud of themselves, whether they are in the top or the bottom, because they are there on their own, and there are a lot of queer people out there who are afraid to be themselves. And again, like you said, meanwhile... Being queer, zoom to Maddie, yeah, and back. Zoom to Maddie, sit in the corner, and Maddie shares... That she has a slightly different journey. Jasmine says that Maddie has her own journey because she has to fight the stereotypes. Maddie mm-hmm. says that doing drag has opened her eyes up more to the experience. In high school, she thought she was a good ally because she was cool with gay people, but she's learned so much more being part of drag. Living in Arkansas, she leaves the house in makeup but peeks out the blinds before going to her car. She makes sure no one else is there when she goes from the car to the club. She's not queer, she's not gay but she's still scared of what might happen because she's in drag and what people might perceive her being that way. Mm-hmm. She goes on to say that doing drag, she feels more knowledgeable and being a better ally. Deja says that it's to the untrained eye, even though she's straight, she knows what they are feeling and she can understand. I thought this was a really interesting conversation. Yeah. I mean, I thought, it, I, I think it's true that like 
now Maddie understands. I mean, a good way, like, is being in someone else's shoes is you yeah. understand the the fear that queer people have gone through, even if they're not um, drag queens, of just stepping outside of their place and being concerned that they'll be noticed and yeah. then be hurt for being noticed because they are different according to social norms. So, I mean, that does make a stronger ally is understanding the struggles that that, that other party goes through. So I agree with what he said about learning about and being a better ally. The big eye-opening thing was going to a Pride Festival with friends and seeing so many different people in different walks of life. She says that there are a million different ways to be queer, but you're only taught one way to be straight. Boom. Oh. That's the line. That's the moment I said, this kid has perspective. Yeah, no, when he when he said that, I was like, oh, that's a tweet. That's a philosophy. That's that's a that's a uh, I'm a retweet it. I don't have Twitter, but I'm going to do it. Um, I agree. I think. And it's so crazy. I was like literally recapping that today before we started this podcast. And I was like, that is so true. Like there isn't we have so many different avenues and ways to go about being queer or at least identifying our queerness. Right. You know, we can be drag queens. We can be, we can, we uh, can be trans and be in the queer community. We can be non-binary. We can be ultra femme. We can be ultra mask. We can be tops, bottom. Like there's so many different labels and, and communities within the queer community that you can find like your, your own and like your, your own like tribe, but like, like, how like is there a bunch of different sub identities for straight people uh, you know really? is there is there ways that they can go about expressing and also then how do you express your straightness or your heterosexuality because we have yeah. ways to express our homosexuality besides being in the bed you know what i mean absolutely uh, but then it's like it, it, it can like this literally like when he said that i was like i could be in a whole like class on like like a psychiatry and like women's study and gender expression class for like two hours discussing that and unpacking it because it gets into so many different topics that I think about with queer community with social norms what identifies heterosexuality what identifies homosexuality what acts or behaviors are categorized under these two groups you know um so it was it was interesting I'm excited yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to make fun of Maddie all season long. It's going to be a thing because it, it's oh, just inherently there. But I respect the person behind the makeup so much because they're yeah. doing something that is so important. And, and again, that line was is, is going to be the key thing moving forward. I think a second thing that he said that really I was like, okay, I, I appreciate you even more. It was that when he said, I don't, I, he said, I think drag should be available for every, like I, I'm saying it kind of not per word because like I think drag should be available for anyone to do, but not every straight person should do drag. Yes. And I and I was like, I think that is completely true. I think, and like he said, if you don't have a passion for the art form and have respect for it, you shouldn't just do it because it's cool and it's the trendy thing to do. It's kind of yep. like, I come from voguing too. And it's the same thing too. Like when people are like, oh my God, voguing looks so fun. I want to do it. It's like, no, you should do it because you enjoy, you really appreciate the art form and what it, mm -hmm. and its history, what it stands for. Not because it's trending right now, you know, exactly. and that's the same thing with drag. Well, as you alluded to, Maddie says, when you're intently trying not to do things that are feminine or gay, you're missing out on half of what life has to offer. She doesn't want to be, be for the straight people who want to do drag. She is there for the straight people who want to step out of their comfort zone and do shit that's not considered straight. She feels privileged to be part of the drag scene, but doesn't think a lot of straight people should do drag. It's not just a fun thing to do with friends. It's a whole community. If you don't support the art and the people around it, 
and you shouldn't be doing it. And I was like, this is this is a great I was like, kudos, girl. You don't save your ass, girl. Although although yep. you've been a little underwhelming, you saved your ass with this this untucked boo-boo. Good job. Well, they're going to go back to the normal untucked. They got to decide who's going to win. And they all agree <laughs> it's Miss Angie. She's likely going to win this week. Deja is not scared of lip syncing. It comes with the territory. It's just that her confidence is shaken. This is a stumble, but it doesn't define her. Daya is in the bottom, and that's a nightmare to her. Both Deja and Daya think it'll be each other, so they give each other a hug. Whatever happens, happens. Right. We watched Deja and Daya lip sync one last time. As Deja stays, Daya sashays away, and she's sad her time is ending. She feels defeated and feels like she let everyone down. She returns to the workroom, and I don't know what it was, but she was wearing a, a shirt that's long enough to be a dress. She's just so fucking tall. Um, she says she is proud of herself to be one of only 14 girls to be there, and it's an accomplishment. This was a 180 from where she thought she would be, though. This is a little peak of Daya, and she has more to offer. Drag is every face of who she is. It's hard to show the judges who she is in one week because she is a million different things. She gets emotional as she reads her notes, but she hates this is what happened to her and is sad that they will all get to experience more together. But she gathers her stuff, reminds herself that every even if you go home first, you still made it. Yeah, I she I that's why I like I love her. I really do love Diabetes. I think her like she just has such a nice, genuine, like welcoming, fun soul. Like even hearing her talk about leaving, like yeah. there you can see she got parts of emotion, but it wasn't like the typical like I'm crying, I'm so disappointed in myself, like. She was able to, like, just talk about, like, not expecting that to be her journey, but still thoroughly happy being there in the first place. And I was like, oh, that's just like, ugh. Like, I wanted to hug her and be her friend. I was like, girl. I do, too. Well, I have some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. What is Daya's legacy? What is Daya's legacy? Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Make sure if your, your dress is ripped, rip the other side to even it out. Yeah. Or have one of your sisters tell you it's ripped. Yeah. Uh, or it could have, you know, it could have happened because when she walked out and then she did her pose, she spread her, like, the her legs That's open kind of to do that, like, yeah. kind of model pose. And that could have been when it ripped. So it could have happened on the front. Are you ready for next week's big twist? Um. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out what it could be. And the only thing in my head I'm like, that could be a possible twist is that since they eliminated two queens already, maybe they have something with like the limited queens come back somehow. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. All I know is it's some sort of chocolate bar thing and Willy Wonka. So I'm sure there's going to be some golden ticket somewhere. There, someone will get a golden ticket. Oh, imagine if they did something where, like, if you don't get a golden ticket, even if you survived last week, you're still eliminated. <laughs> I'm I here for it. Die. Listen, if there are Oompa Loompas involved, I'm here for it as well. You know what? I'm holding like an Oompa Loompa. All right. After two episodes, the winner of the season is. Oh, bitch. Why would you, you, do you, that? you met everyone. We got 12 left. Who's going to win? I I got to. I'm I'm really rooting for um, Angeria. I okay. really think she can take it. I think Angeria is very much a contender. This episode showcased her so well. Um, I, I'm really, you know what? I'm, I don't think, I don't know if she can win, but there's something about Willow Pill that I'm still like, I, I don't know. There's you know, something interesting. She gave, me, she gave me, I was like, you are like, you look so like 
weird and interesting like even in your confessionals and then she came together and with her like performance i was like okay bitch you're gonna be eccentric she gave me kind of aiden zane but like a little bit like more way more interesting um yes. but i think for me my top two i would love this because they i love the uh, first of all i love the black representation and i love like the like plus size representation as well it's not just one big queen in, in this one it's like queens that are that have body and i love that so i i would love to see also uh cornbread and Angeria, like top two. That'd be cool. That'd be really fun. But it's really hard because it's like the first episode, yeah. and then we put these things, and then it switches within two episodes. You're like, fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Because you got oh, a lot man, of them. You can, yeah, you can find me on Grubhub, Seamless, and Uber Eats. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at um, Anita, I-N-I-T-A underscore D. I, don't, I post wherever I'm going to be at throughout the city and Jersey and wherever there's a paycheck. So if you want to come see me and support me, please do follow. I do follow back. And if you'd like to support me financially because COVID is screwing with some of my gigs, you can find me on Venmo and Cash App at tip, T-I-P, Anita, I-N-I-T-A D. Again, tip, T-I-P, Anita, I-N-I-T-A D. And you'll be at the Glam Awards? Oh, I'll be at the Glam Awards. I'm performing. I'm so, and I'm nominated. I got nominated for Breakthrough Artist. So this is the first nomination I've ever gotten for Glam Awards. And this is the first time I'll, I'll be performing like as a headliner, not backup dancing at the Glam Awards. So I'm super excited for two firsts for this Glam. It's gonna be fun. Do you um, know what award. you're wearing yet? Um, yeah, I know what I'm wearing to the thing. I don't know what I'm wearing to perform. <laughs> You got it. You got a couple days. You're you're fine. You can figure it out. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Oh my god, it was a pleasure to be here again after like what over a year, maybe. Yeah, it's been over a year. Like a, do uh, you do you remember, listeners? This is a fun one. Do you remember when we um recorded? Oh my god, was I? <laughs> it was January sixth. It was during the insurrection. I remember in the middle of it being like, wait a second, and looked at my TV and being like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. my team in the background, my roommate's sitting there like gasping, and I'm like, I'm I'm trying to record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a what a day! What a day to be alive! Woof. Well, look at that. Again. And then uh, a whole year and eleven days later, and we're back here again. There it is. Well, it was so much fun chatting with you, and I'll see you at the Glam Awards. I'll see you at the Glam Awards, love, and congrats on your nominations. I love you. The biggest thanks to Anita for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>